Welcome to Getting Technetical, a Technetics podcast. Your source for insights on engineered ceiling and component solutions for the world's most demanding environments. Hello and welcome to Getting Technetical with Technetics. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Today on the podcast, we're exploring what many are calling the most ambitious energy project in the world today. It's called ITER, and joining me today to provide the details of this project and how Technetics is involved is Robert Pierce. He's the vacuum section leader for ITER organization. Robert, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure. So Robert, uh, start off just by telling me about ITER. How many companies is it comprised of and when did it get started? Okay, so ITER got started, well, I suppose it very initially uh, came out of a discussion between uh, Gorbachev and Reagan um, at the uh, end of the Cold War. And the sort of vision was to um, start an international project that would produce uh, fusion energy. It took a bit of time to get going, and uh, that was the politics behind. But ITER, as we know it at the moment, started in 2008, um, but that was after a, a design phase with a number of different uh, countries. And the ITER organization as we know it now has um, seven partners. So uh, the EU, China, um, Japan, India, uh, Russia, um, USA, and Korea. Did I say Japan and Japan? So seven partners, but of course the EU with, with 28 uh, countries in it gives us 35 and then there's a few associate um, partners so so really we're around uh, 40 40 countries um, as an organization and then in terms of actual industrial companies then uh, of course uh, there are maybe a number of hundred industrial companies in each of the partners working towards providing the um, the, the machine um, and so so you can see there's many thousands of companies involved. So this is a big uh, collaborative effort. So tell me a little bit about the goal of the project, you know, and, and tell me, you know, why ITER was founded in the, in the first place and what the end goal is. The end goal is, is fusion energy, which is a, um, uh, the same energy which uh, it sort of powers the universe. It's... Um, it's the energy which comes from the uh, from the sun, from the stars, and the idea on on Earth is that it's a clean energy uh, without the production of uh, CO two gases, and it's a sustainable energy that can um, give us uh, power um, for well for the foreseeable um, future. So the the goal is is to produce fusion energy. ITER as itself isn't trying to harness that energy into the grid, but it's hoping to pave the way so that the future machines will put the energy into the grid. Robert, tell me a little bit about how you envision this project really changing the world, the way the world looks at and produces energy in the future. You know, I, I think the idea of a clean, sustainable energy source is, is something that uh, appeals to a lot of people and would really be kind of life changing for, for so many people. So tell me how you, how you envision this project really changing the way that the world looks at energy. Of course, it's, it's a very admirable goal to have clean, sustainable energy. But of course, it's not that easy. And um, mm. uh, if it was easy, then of course uh, it would have already been done. But uh, it's uh, it's in fact very difficult. But so the the main thing ITER will do is solve 
many of the problems with yeah, harnessing, as it were, the similar reactions to which occur on the sun, but um, without the size of the sun, without the time scales which the sun's been burning, and without uh, the very strong gravitational forces necessary for the, for the sun. So we want to do this on Earth in a safe way. And so if, if ITER is successful, it will pave the way for future reactors to be built anywhere in, in the world and to harness that energy, not, not as the sole form of energy, clearly, uh, not, not to start with anyway, but as a form of energy which is needed in the energy mix to go forward in a clean, sustainable way um, for our children, children's children and, and their children. So you mentioned that there are so many companies involved, so many countries um, and, and companies involved with this project. And one of the companies involved is Technetics. So tell me a little bit about their role and, and the function that they're playing in the ITER project. Technetics is, is one of the um, premier seal um, manufacturers. And um, so my, my role is, is, is vacuum. And um, one of the key things for vacuum is that we have to seal seal things up so that the outside air doesn't get in. So the fusion reaction occurs in a vacuum chamber and we need to ensure that uh, that vacuum chamber remains uh, leak tight and doesn't get the impurities of the air in. Because in fact, the, uh, we only use very small amounts of the fusion fuel and if it's diluted, then we, um, we destroy the fusion process. So technetics are key um, in, um, in seal manufacture. And we have many very, very large uh, connections on this very, very large vacuum vessel. So the vacuum vessel is some 14,000 um, meter cubed. And we need to seal it to produce what we call um, ultra high vacuum and we have very many openings and ports on that vessel and when we bring a component in which uh, attaches to the vessel we need to ensure that it's sealed and sealed to be reliable under very demanding um, conditions and technetics is key uh, for that sealing both for very large seals which are of multi-meter length and different shapes but also for small seals of uh, a few centimeters uh, diameter. So Robert, give me a sense of why the function that Technetics is performing is so crucial to the the success of the overall project, both in the large applications like you discussed, and then also the, the small openings and the, the small applications. I suppose the, the best example I can give is that if uh, we're to sustain the fusion reaction, then um, we, we have to be um, completely uh, leak tight. And even the, the leak, which might be produced by a for example, the a hole the size of a human hair or even a human hair across the flange uh, can stop that fusion reaction. This is how sensitive it is to, um, to not, not working. And so with these small leak rates, then it's important that we, we really do seal up uh, the very many openings and we seal, seal up to a very high, high degree. So, and technetics is, is key in that uh, in that sealing process to manufacture seals to the, the utmost quality so that uh, we're not only sealed on day one but we're also sealed running the machine for um, 20 plus years 
Robert, on, on a project like this, it seems really important to me that every detail is accounted for and the products that you're using are the most trustworthy that you can find because it, as you mentioned there, it's it's really important to the overall goal of the project that Technetics and their products stand up over the test of time and perform this job uh, to, you know, to uh, the standards that it needs to for the project to be successful. So tell me about the process that you used to choose the companies who would be involved in ITER and what that looked like and how you made sure that you, you chose was the best that you could possibly find in many ways it's not it's not hugely different than any other any other sort of procurement type organization so obviously there's there's uh, calls for tenders and uh, bids put in but um, what, what is different then is on on ITA with uh, we need to run validation programs on anything that we're using so that we um, really have uh, confidence and uh, so, for example, nobody's ever built um, the large seals ever before to the size we needed and to the ceiling performance we needed. So, um, and Technetics were then key in supplying seals for that application and, yeah, firstly for the um, validation and uh, in future for, for the actual uh, ceiling of the very large um, seals. Um, in terms of, of course, we, we must have all the quality systems in place for the companies. We have to be able to audit that. Uh, we need to have methods to ensure that uh, the quality is not only good when we buy the seal for validation, but it stays stays good. And uh, we've worked in a collaborative way with Technetics to ensure, and they've worked in a collaborative way with us to ensure that we can have confidence now and have confidence in the future. So, Robert, what does the timeline look like for this project? Uh, you know, just give us a sense of what's coming down the road and and kind of what the time frame looks like moving forward. I mean, the project's in an exciting phase now because um, we've really just started the actual build of the machine. So we the building is uh, not completely finished, but it's um, finished enough that we can start uh, building the main machine. And the bottom of the, um, the cryostat, uh, which is one of our largest vacuum vessels, a vessel finally of um, 16,000 meters cubed, is now installed in the bottom of the what we call the pit, which is the bottom of the building, which will take the, um, the main tokamak, which is the, these large vacuum vessels where the fusion will occur. And so, uh, and then within this um, next two weeks, um, the first sector of our main vacuum vessel, which the fusion will occur within. So there's nine sectors in total. The first sector is on its way from Korea at the moment and will arrive in the um, the port uh, near Marseille at Foss in the next, um, yeah, I think by the 7th of, of August. So we're in this exciting period of building the machine and the machine will be ready to be run for the first time in 2025 um, so it may seem a little while off but when you have to put together something like more than a million parts which all have to fit in this um this period of five years it's um it's both an exciting time but also a demanding time for everybody's supply on time to to quality beyond this first try of the machine in 2025 then the machine will be upgraded to its full final configuration 
and then um, we will be running the um, the first what we call real fusion plasmas in the period around uh, 2036 and beyond to really define and solve the, the, the problems of fusion in order to define properly um, the next the next machines which will put power into the to the grids and all over the world we expect. And finally, Robert, as we begin to wrap up this this podcast, uh, tell me a little bit just from your perspective of what particularly excites you about being able to be a part of something so large and such a collaborative project. What does that mean to you personally? And to me personally, well, it's it's both. Um, yeah, I'm a technical person, but I'm also a person uh, who likes uh, the international aspects and the different cultures. So I think what excites me is that it's both technically extremely demanding. We have a goal which is, I think, admirable and, and the world needs future energy sources which will um, be clean and sustainable. Um, but it's also um, exciting from a cultural point of view that uh, we work with um, so many different nations, so people from more than half of the world's um, population are represented in the project. And so this is both um, yeah, both exciting from a cultural point of view, uh, working with the different nations, but also exciting that the goal is is worthwhile and it's also very technically challenging, which is also exciting for an engineer like myself. Absolutely. Well, Robert Pierce, Vacuum Section Leader for the ETER organization. Robert, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast today and uh, telling me a little bit more about what you're doing and how Technetics is involved. Thank you. And everyone, thank you so much for joining us here on Getting Technetical with Technetics. We appreciate it very much. Make sure you go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you're getting everything uh, to help you stay up to date with what's going on with Technetics in all of the different uh, areas that they are involved with. And of course, you can go back and listen to previous episodes as well as stay up to date with everything coming in the future from Technetics. Everyone, we will be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. 